Hey folks, episode number 47. We're back again. Creeping ever so slowly to 50. Just like uh, just like all my older sisters, right? Hey-oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> number 47. I could find one athlete for number 47. Famed Utah jazz player, Andre Kirilenko. I quit. <laughs> Don't quit yet. We have a good show. Jam-packed with action. Christopher Geruzzi of Sammy and Annie Foods is on the show. Uh... Good friend of the pod, Kate Riley's coming to talk about the passport and the return of Aaron Higgins. Whoa, it's a big day. Big day. Happy Monday, buddy. No. <laughs> you know, not a happy Monday. No, I had to work today, dude. It was the worst. I always have Mondays off and I had to work and it was just rotten. You had terrible. a little, you had an air of like a kid who knows that school's on Monday and you were like at the end of Sunday, you had that dread, it seemed like you had to go in on Monday. Well, there were reasons for that dread. It wasn't because I had to go to work on Monday, but there were reasons for my dread <laughs> that I will not share here on the air, but I was dreading. <laughs> dread. Yes. Uh, how's everything else going though for you, buddy? How was your everything week? Everything is fine. We'll talk about the movie we went to on Sunday. That was a good time, yeah, though. That's cool. We I did like go to the movies. movies. We went to Five Guys too, which was yeah. I've been to Five Guys in like eight years. That was Dude, amazing. Yeah, Five Guys was underrated. Fast casual dining, underrated. We'll talk about fast <laughs> casual dining with Aaron Higgins when she gets here. Is all the stuff mean you haven't written the show yet? You keep saying maybe we'll talk about, maybe we'll talk about. You I'm always, no I'm always keeping stuff on tap. You never know. It's a fluid show. Uh, speaking of which, we have a guest right now. Uh, Utica's finest, the great Kate Riley. Hi, Kate Riley. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back again. Uh, before we get into Maiden Utica passport party, I do have to ask you: How is your Boilermaker training going? Uh, what Boilermaker training would that be? <laughs> zero, zero Boilermaker training. I actually have this app that I use to, like, track everything, and I went back to last year's training, and, like, last year at this time I was running, like, seven miles a week. I feel I'm, like you two were to, running like, a lot yeah, more Yeah, I'm up to, like, I think I ran, like, three miles total last week, so I've got a lot of work uh, to do. We've got a lot of work to do. We do have a lot of work to do. I, I, uh, I don't want to use my personal strife as an excuse, but honestly, since then, I have done very minimal anything. Yeah. It's been, uh, I've been, I got, I got caught up. Mm-hmm. With other stuff, but that's okay. It's good. It gives me something to focus on. But let's get uh, let's get to something we can focus on, and that is the Maiden Utica Passport release party, guys. It's here. For what sure. a transition. <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> that's pretty good. Come on. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, third year of the passports. Mm. Can't even believe it. We've had Justin on here talking about the passports a couple times, uh, and we've been very adamant that this is it really does feel like a completed piece now with all the artwork that's done and the way it looks. It's really very excited for it's this. It's beautiful. It's really a piece of art. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, going through the proofs and looking at everything while it's been getting ready to be printed, and it's uh, it's pretty. I mean, we've had we have the custom artwork this year. Uh, I can't even believe the amount of work that the Adirondack Inc. put into mm-hmm. hand designing twenty six different offers from all of the businesses, mm-hmm. and of course Maria from Retro Sorrento did the cover, and it's uh, it's it's not just a you know, I mean, they've always been good booklets in the past, but it's like something this year. You more know? than just a coupon book? It's more than just <laughs> Chris a Chris little... Walsh? <laughs> oh. 
Um, what ties in nicely is our guest for this week, uh, Christopher Giruzzi from San Diego. I Sammy just love Foods. Chris. He is the most welcoming guy. He's so friendly. He just, you know, every time you walk in there, oh, you want coffee? You want a pastry? Yeah. They were begging me to take food. Mm-hmm. They're like, please have some coffee. Yeah. Um, it's funny too. We did the Italian thing mm-hmm. where they're like, so who's your parents? And of course, I did that too. Yeah, Eastern right? Yeah. Uh, th- this has become a recurring concept in the show: is how am I somehow related to the people? <laughs> to who every are, single every Italian. <laughs> uh, so for people who have not yet uh, heard us talk about the passport event that's going on on Saturday, yeah. Um, I guess we might as well let them know about the details one more time. Yeah, for sure. So um, we decided to do something different this year. Instead of, you know, scrambling with pickup dates and options, we decided to just have one kind of release party that we're going to have all the passports at. You can come and get it. It's up at Woodland Brewery in Marcy, and it's going to be this Saturday from 2 to 6, and we're going to do some fun different things to entertain people and to just thank them for for coming out and and participating. Um, We have... Live music from my friend Julia Galimi, well, all of our friends, mm-hmm. actually. The Julia Galimi Brothers Project Band. I don't know, the name changes. <laughs> the name changes every time we talk about it, but she's been doing a couple of different things for us in the past, so um, good live music. We're going to have food there from Kitties. Uh, we're going to have uh, another friend of the podcast, Bill Fardas, doing a, um, a speed trivia round. Uh, so. Yes, uh, he's a member of the ill-named Two Timers Club. Yeah. People who've been on the show twice. I still need to come up with a less <laughs> offensive name for that club. Uh, but for but, now, you know, he's always entertaining. So yes. we'll have a little bit of trivia. Um, I heard that Justin's going to be doing a putting contest with people. I don't really know the details on that yet, uh, yes. but he's a typical Justin fashion, going to be challenging people to do better than him at some sort of physical event <laughs> <laughs> we've learned you know what drives me nuts about mr maiden utica justin parkinson uh numerous time guest on this show uh is that he'll set up these events where physical challenges uh and somehow he wins a lot and that's what drives me nuts is yeah no one wants, him, no to one wants win. him to win but he always does he's a classic heel uh, a couple other things um woodland is naming a beer after us yes yeah. oh what kind of beer it is a hop forward IPA. Okay. Called Maiden Brutica. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Maiden Brutica. If you check out their Woodland Wednesdays video this week, they'll we'll be debuting it, and also it'll be on tap, uh, ready for us for Saturday. Um, another cool thing that people have asked us about a lot recently: we're gonna have some limited edition Utica shirts mm-hmm. and things that we're gonna have there. And, I don't know, it's just going to be a Utica fun time. What else are you going to do? It's going to be beautiful out. Actually, there's a lot of things going on this weekend, but you should come to our thing, obviously. <laughs> our thing is definitely going to be the thing the this weekend. There's thing. no question about that. The most fun so, thing. come celebrate Utica and Marcy. Come on, see us. <laughs> hey, come on to Marcy and celebrate Utica. Technically, their mailing address is Utica. We're being particular about things. <laughs> Um, also, shout out to my boss at work for not making me work so I can attend the That's Maiden Utica awesome. Pass. I literally got confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Where do you work? Do you <laughs> and then I was it? like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. So I have a job again. It's weird, oh. right? Uh, Kate, you've been doing lots of good work for Maiden Utica since you've been on the crew. Are you Are you sick of everyone yet? Are you tired of yeah, everyone? Yeah, definitely. 
I'm definitely tired of everybody. Uh, can no. you ask you a more pointed question? Are you sick of everybody? No. <laughs> or are you just sick of select members of the squad? No, it's great. Honestly, like, I'm busier than I've ever been between my day job and, you know, volleyball season and trying to Boilermaker train and all these projects, but... You guys know me. I don't like to sit still. I if I'm not going from work to a function to this apartment and then <laughs> yeah. home by 11 p.m. Then even um, right now, that's not life. There's no there's no video, but even right now you can barely sit still. You're all you're like. <laughs> well, this is just me naturally. <laughs> uh, Kate, we'll have to. We need to go running. Let's yeah. make it happen this week. It's a little too go running right now, and I'll just do the rest of the show. I'll just fire up hot takes for 40 minutes. <laughs> While we're out here sweating. <laughs> nah, there yeah, let's just go for a run. We'll come back with segment two with Aaron Higgins. We'll say to Katie, go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Nice to have you here. I just want, I just want to be near you. Who are you talking to, Sam? <laughs> oh, great. Hi, Aaron Higgins. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks. I had a, a brief vacation. I don't know if we've talked since you're since you graduated. I graduated. I'm very proud of you. We're all very proud of you. Thanks, guys. I think it deserves a small golf clap. Yes. For a Mrs. very Higgins. light golf clap. Yes. I uh, cried the whole time. <laughs> the entire time. The whole time. Um, I was number six to be called. For my, uh, when you get a master's degree, you get like a, they put a hood on you, right? Mm-hmm. It's this whole thing. So I got up there, and the minute I got up there, I was like, <laughs> like I couldn't even pull it together. All the pictures of me are like me trying to like not get mascara on my face, and it's a very classy bunch of pictures. Mm. So what is the next step now? Like I, I don't mean that like ironically. Like as a person who doesn't have a master's, like I feel like there's a weird finality to the master's unless you're trying to get your doctorate. I'm not gonna get a doctorate right away. <laughs> right or, away or ever. Said. I might go back to school. I've been going to school since I was five. I really am not good at not going to school. But I think I'm going to be done for a while. You, you know, know, it doesn't really suit me to get a doctorate right away in my line of work. It doesn't really do very much for me unless I want to be an administrator in a school district, which I don't. Mm. So I'm happy just being a, a teacher with a master's and just chilling it out. Mm. I have an interesting question that I just thought of. Uh, this is a question that somebody asked me once. It was a hypothetical question. It was one of my teachers in high school. And the question was, if you got paid the same as you got paid now to go to school, if going to school got you paid, yeah, would you just go to school for an occupation? Would that be your job, just to go to school forever? You know, the only problem with that is the workload that comes with higher education is intense. <laughs> and the stress that comes with it is really intense. So I would love to go back and I would love to, you know, say Dr. Aaron on my business cards, but... It's so stressful. Mm. The amount of work is is overwhelming to a lot of the time. It's really overwhelming. But I think I would just keep my job. See, I like going to school. Like, if I was getting $15 an hour to go to school, I would do that for the rest of my life. Well, wait a minute. If I was getting $15 an hour to go to school, I'd weigh the pros and cons. I don't make that money now. The hypothetical question is, like, I like going to school better than using what school teaches me in the real world. Right? Like, I like the idea of just sitting in a room and learning stuff. I like elementary school. I learned a lot there. 
Um, I don't know, Kevin, thoughts? Yes. Good boy. <laughs> My thoughts are yes. I would take the money, and I would go to school forever and just learn about different things that are interesting that... There's a lot of stuff that would be really fun to go to college for and stuff that would be really fun to learn mm-hmm. about, but none of that stuff gets you a real job. Yeah. Like, a lot well. of the stuff I would want to learn about is not stuff that a degree in which will get you a job. You know what I mean? Like, if I can go out there and, like, learn all about, like, super ancient history for four years while getting paid a salary and benefits, that would be great. Yeah. But, like, if you go get a degree in ancient history, congratulations, you're poor because you don't have a job. That was my... That's why I spent so many... I spent, like, ten years in college alone because I had to get that out of my system. I went to school to be a philosopher for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think everybody does when yeah. they're 18. Philosopher. I spent a year and a half in philosophy school. I went to art school. Remember those days? Uh, I went to school to be an opera singer for a while. They got rid of... I have a theater degree. <laughs> like They got rid of the philosophy degree at, at Hunter. It's actually just a social media degree now. You just get like... Yikes. A, yeah. <laughs> That's what you get instead. Here, learn yeah. how to tweet. I'm a history major. I was a history major, which, again, I... I like the. I was like, yeah, that'll be my major. Is knowing about stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the problem. It's a tough, it's a tough go. That's a problem. Um, so a uh, couple. I want to. I want to address something. Uh, last week I talked about how uh, we have this brand new website, uticast.com. Uh, if you've been to it, thank you for for visiting our lovely website. It's great, isn't it's it? Really nice. It's a great website. If you haven't been to it, you should go to it at uticast.com and send us a mailbag question because, as I mentioned, I would like. To do an all-mailbag show coming up in the future. Maybe for an upcoming episode 50. Either way, just throwing that out there. Uh, now, I want to shout out a, a fan of the show. A good friend of mine from going way back in the day. Jeremy Williams. He's on Twitter. Uh, we talk to him all the time on there. He sent a great mailbag question to us. Uh, he sent a variety of mailbag questions, as a matter of fact. He gave us a whole bunch of them. So I'm going to use one of them today, and then the rest we're going to save for some other for some later dates. But I want to give you, I just want to share one with you folks, so you get an idea of the kind of questions we like on this show. This is right up our alley. So shout out again, Jeremy Williams. And the question is, guys, you can recommend one book to someone, but you don't know anything about their tastes or previous reading history. What book do you recommend? So I guess the question is, what's the best mainstream book that you feel like everyone can read? Oh man, it, um, it's it's a really hard question. It's a hard question. kind of because you. I mean, yeah, because if you have to divorce yourself from the idea of you can't know anything about what the person likes, what their level is, because my first reaction, my knee jerk reaction, is to just say "To Kill a Mockingbird," Mockingbird. as we've talked about on the show. You know, I love that book. I reread that book all the time. But I can see there's things in that book that would not immediately grab everybody. Um, I'm gonna go super mainstream, and I'm gonna go for just like a beater paperback. I would give the people A Time to Kill by John Grisham. As long as they hadn't seen the movie, Mm. uh, that was one of the most instantly and completely engaging books I read at a very young age that got me out of, you know, like uh, reading like Goosebumps books and like Fear Street books into a proper longer form novel. Mm. So off the top of my head, that'll be one, but I anticipate another 10 or 15 minutes to just scream out a book that comes to my head when we talk (laughs) about other things. So. Get ready. Um, see, I'm going to take a different angle in this scenario. If I don't know what the person's personal tastes are, I'm an egomaniac. So I'm going to give them a book that I think represents the stuff that I like 
I'm like here. Is it your biography? Is... No. Sam like, Famolaro by so... Sam Famolaro. <laughs> That'd be a good book, wouldn't I it? I know. The Sam Famolaro story by Sam Famolaro. I like it. Learn my harrowing journey to Olympic gold before I... my plunge into alcoholism and then my return to fame and glory on podcasts. It's a great story. I skimmed what it. Are you talking about? I skimmed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on a great. I skimmed yeah. the chapters. Uh, no, I would say uh, it's a book called Everything Matters uh, by Ron Curry Jr. It's it gives a good. It's an interesting story. It's very out of nowhere. I think it would throw people off if they if I didn't know anything about them. Some people would dislike it, but it would let me know about those people and what they're interested. In. I would learn a lot about that person by how they reacted to that book. Like if they liked it, I'd get a vibe for what their thought process is, and if they didn't like it, I'd say, okay, this was I see what happened here. Like this isn't for you. That's kind of where I'm going in this angle. So there you go, Ron Curry Jr. Everything matters. I don't know. Is it my turn? Yes. Tequila Mockingbird. Mm. It's a story about cocktails. No, I'm just joking. That's a joke. Um, I'm going Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut? I'm going... Which one, though? I'd probably start with Slaughterhouse-Five, just, or Breakfast of Champions. Either of those are, are sort of, like, beginner level See, for you me. Know, you know what's interesting about that? I really like Vonnegut. I've read a lot of his books. I've never really gotten into Slaughterhouse-Five. And I know that's like the jumping off point for it him, but it's interesting point. for me that like, you know, for liking a lot of his books and this and that, I really just could not, I couldn't get into it the same way I got into many of his other books, which is mm. weird. I want to say Brave New World as well, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Brave New World's this a is tough the thing. one, We're though. just going to keep jumping yeah, into these books. Yeah, Brave New World is a tough one. Brave New World kind of toes that line, like a lot of people might very adamantly dislike that book. It's kind of... I've taken mine back. I'm going to say Pet Cemetery. Oh! Ah! Yes! Because my first thought was... I I, I, I wanted to make everybody read it because it's unquestionably, hands down, the best book that Stephen King's ever written. <laughs> um, I would also recommend The Stand because that's a strong number two. Uh, but I feel like Pet Cemetery. those books are intimidating because they're like 1,300 pages long and a lot of like, you know, dense, like jumping around from timelines. Front to back, Pet Cemetery is a tour de force and one of the scariest books I've ever read. And I would recommend that. That's my book. My mm. Pet Cemetery is an awesome book. Yes. Mm. Such a good book. Interesting scenario with that book. The book is good and the movie is good. Very rare when you get both a book and movie there. False. That's... Movie is only okay. I like the movie. It's a little B movie, though. It's you know a what? I've got to be honest with you. I've never seen the movie. You're all right. You're doing fine. My dude Fred Gwynn, though, is, uh, is, that, is the, the old man there. He's the best part of that movie. It's a good flick. Uh, Wait, hold on. I have another one. Okay. Um, Bo Knows Bo by Bo Jackson. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you being serious? you a big Bo Jackson fan? Okay, so when I was in third grade, we were allowed to pick our first <laughs> chapter book to read by ourselves, and I picked Bo Knows Bo by Bo Jackson. I, that's why? Not even, that's not even a joke. Why I, Bo, though? Like, what drew you to Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson, man. He was a two-sport athlete. You're not like a you're not like a Raiders fan though. I love like, Bo Jackson. Though. Okay. Not, I understand. Jackson, you're not saying anything. Listen, just I'm just saying Bo knows Bo. Listen, Bo Jackson. As I've grown up, I've loved Bo. I don't know what it is, but I, I somehow I got into Bo Jackson when I was like in second grade, and and I just really liked him as a person. I thought he was really down to earth and very soft spoken, and it was against that whole time where it was Bo versus uh, the Boz. Who I love the now as an adult I love the Boz, but <laughs> when I was little I just had to get my Bo Jackson fix. Yeah, Bo no sensitivity. He was a sensitive man. Bo Who's no Bo. the Boz? Oh, that was Brian, Brian Bosworth. Bosworth. 
Who's Brian Bosworth? Brian Bosworth was... <laughs> you know what? This is like too much for me. But uh, look Brian up Brian. Bo- Brian Bosworth, if you've ever seen the 30 for 30, The Boz, which, by the way, is the best 30 for 30 it's that they've good. made. We should rank them. I have like 30 for... That's right at the top. Uh, but Brian Bosworth was a college uh, or a high school football player who was really good. Went to college. What was it? Ohio State, maybe? Yeah. And was like a... a just this amazing football player. Got salty with the NCAA. Um, and, right? Is that what it was? The N- What's the organization? It's the NCAA, right? This is yes. your boy. Who you asking? College, college stuff. And ended up really being like a... He was a great guy. And then he ended up being this media spectacle. He had Went like to a play, Yeah. Uh, no, he did not have... He had the boss with the little sides in the... Little shaves in the side. Yeah, a shaved sides mullet. Like little lines in his shaved blonde mullet. He was a, amazing. Went to Seattle Seahawks uh, in the draft and just tanked. Yeah. Just was not good. Inherently, Brian Bosworth's big moment was he got absolutely train wrecked by Bo Jackson on a play that's very famous. He got run over by Bo Jackson like he in his was, whole career. And that was the thing. He's like, tumble. I'm going to crush you, Bo Jackson. And Bo Jackson was like, okay. Like, because Bo Jackson was just the complete opposite that Brian Bosworth yeah. was. I'm just thrown off. I can't believe you just talked about Brian Bosworth on the show, but I'm, I'm thrown off that I you, love Brian Bosworth. I'm just thrown You love football. You really are a huge football nerd. Not as much I, as I I'm, like baseball. I know, I know. Well, we'll get to we'll talk about sports a little bit later on. Yes, because I do want to discuss something really cool. Oh, we will, we will. Really uh, cool. So, for those of you in the Utica area, this is the big week, first week Woo-hoo! of Saranac Thursdays. That's true. That's true. It's finally coming. It's been uh, it's it's it always sneaks up every year. It like kind of sneaks up. You're like, wait, already? And mm-hmm. it really is sort of like an unofficial kickoff uh, here for probably the entire city or. You know, obviously not everybody in the city goes out, but it's still, even if you don't go, it's still, you know, seeing the traffic and seeing the everything like that. Um, it's going to be a good summer. What I is think. happening on Thursday that's special about this Saranac Thursday, Kevin? Uh, what is happening this Thursday? Jeez, I can't think of anything. It's moved up maybe an extra week. I'm trying who's, to think, Who's going to be there, Kevin? Oh, all sorts of people. Uh, they've got they've, the band Showtime will be there. That's so fantastic. Uh, a lot of the people will be there. Yep, and? Dean's Concessions, of course. Ooh, Dean's Concessions. I like yes. Dean's Concessions. I like Dean's Concessions. I like to smell it. Dean's I can't eat anything there. Dean's got a great food truck. Great stuff he's got over there. I can't eat there. anything, but I like to smell the food. Yeah, it's all I can think of. Why, Aaron? Is there anything going on that you can think of? I don't know, Kevin. All I know is that I had to order a t-shirt. Why did I need a t-shirt, Kevin? Uh, because you're a bag lady. <laughs> Anything, <laughs> any large piece of clothing you can use for layering Stop. to keep warm in the you streets. You leave my gigantic wardrobe <laughs> out of this. You it looks like you're wearing my shirt. <laughs> it's a big shirt. It's really big, but I'm wearing stretchy pants, so I didn't want it to look like I was wearing just like I was coming back from like the gym or anything. <laughs> so. It's a fashion choice. Uh, you're so, a fitness blogger. You're always in the gym. Yeah. You stay out there. 24 hours a day. I love the gym. It's my favorite. So gym, you guys... Jim is just a guy. <laughs> I love Jim. We're, we're really roundabout in the fact He's that you're so pouring. Nice. Are you pouring at the Saranac on Thursday? I am pouring. Made in Utica is pouring uh, at Saranac Thursday this week. We're kicking it off. I'm disappointed that I'm not going to be there because yes. I have a job now, unfortunately, that requires me to be there. Sully, you'll be there, but just not in the tent, right? I also have a job that requires me to be at Saranac Thursday. Yes, I do. Um, I will be there depending... Yes, I'll probably be right there. Yay! Yay! I'll probably be right there the whole time. That's awesome. Depending. That's great. 
If not, I mean, I'll be moving around, but I will. we will see plenty of each other on Thursday. That's exciting. Yeah, come down and see us. It's going to be really exciting. I'm going to be messy because I'm bad at stuff, and it's just going to be awesome. I'm super excited. It's my first time doing it. I so. have a question. Uh, I think it's a, I guess I got a broad question. Kevin, maybe you'll have the answer to this. Um, I wonder what the drawing power for a thing like Saturday Night Thursday is in terms of outside of the region. Like, I wonder how far you get people who are actually coming to Utica for a Saturday Night Thursday event. Um, bigger than you would think. A lot mm. of a lot of what happens, um, and I can't say this for sure because there's no way to really track the data. Right. There's yeah. not like a poll of like everybody who comes in. But it's not so much that a lot of people are like, okay, we've got to plan a trip so we can go to Saranac Thursday. But a little bit more than that, you'll see people who make a point when they're in town, they'll mm. come. You know what I mean? So specifically like around Boilermaker weekend or different oh, yeah. weekends like mm. that when people are in town, the crowd is huge. And there are some bands that will draw people in. Yeah. You know, some larger bands. I know in past years, like when Ryan Montblue Band or Hank and Cupcakes or Enter the Haggis, who's playing again this year, have played. Those larger bands that will play the Thursday stage sometimes will draw people in. But a lot of it, it's tough to say. Mm. But I think it is is a little bit of evidence of the amount of people that come there that in a crowd that large, there's still so many new faces and people you've never seen before and don't recognize amongst all the familiar friends and family of the area. Just to remind your folks, if you're out there, be safe with your driving. No drinking and driving. It's bad for you. It almost makes you wish we had Uber in this town, doesn't it? It does. Pretty close from what I hear. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was always my big one. My one thing with Saranac that uh, was always tough for me is I'm not great with crowds. I've never been great with like getting through crowds, and I'm always blown away by how many people they really do draw in for oh, the yeah. bands. It's always It's huge. Packed. It gets bigger and bigger oh, yeah. every year. Uh, it, it has actually it's, it's grown every single year for yeah. about seven or eight straight now there have been a fair amount of times I can help you with that because there have been a fair amount of times where I have with uh, you know whoever I'm with Katie usually where we have like sort of stood on the stairs to get above the crowd level or mm. gone to the back to get away from the crowd because it is packed when you're in the center of that you can barely move and it's loud and it's exciting and People that are into those sort of things are into that, but I'm not either, like you, Sam. Well, because I'm an introvert. Like, I don't like when there's, like, the fact that you guys are very close to me right now is even a lot for me. I got to tell you, you're all very close to me. Right. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to be. You know what's, you know what's it's interesting for me? Because the more I hear you guys talk about this, I think about something that I take for granted all the time. Um... For any of the three listeners who don't know, I'm six feet five inches tall. Yeah. It's a big boy. It is very, very, like, I can't imagine, like, Aaron, what are you, like, 5'4"? Five, four, five, I am five, exactly 5'4". Yeah, so you're 5'4". So when you're in a crowd like that, there's a lot of people that are mm. considerably taller than you. That's got to be sort of scary and disorienting, I would it imagine. Is. It really is. Because for me, I can always see over the crowd wherever I am. I can always see over people. I can always get... You know how, like, when you're in a concert and there's a huge crowd, there's, like, that warm, sweaty, humid air down low, and then there's the fresh air that rolls over the heads? Yes. I always have access to that fresh air. That's mean. And it's, share and some. So, like, I will share anything you want. Thank you. I will give you as much as you need for I'll as long as you step. need it. I already have that. <laughs> <laughs> Color. All right. So let's, uh, so Saturday Thursday, we will see, uh, these fine people will see you. I unfortunately will not. Come say hi to the Maiden Utica team. Yes, come on, please say hi to come us. say hi to me. We'll pour you beer. <laughs> Just me. Just come Aaron. Say hi to Aaron. Uh, so let's get to this week's interview. Uh, this week I was nice enough, uh, well, he was nice enough to let us come and visit him. So uh, like, you were nice. I, I'm How never nice to anybody. You're <laughs> like, really I was nice right enough now. to do an interview. No, uh, so uh, I was lucky enough to go to Sam and Annie's Foods on Bleecker Street and speak with oh, the fantastic. owner. Yeah. Uh, owner Christopher Geruzzi. Uh He's a great guy. 
uh, strong Italian family. He's shared a lot of the story for how this all came to fruition. Uh, talked about his college days and how he went from a journalism uh, degree to you know being the owner. Of I Canyon. have one of those too. Everyone's got one of those. It seems like nowadays, right? I have a journalism degree. Um, anyhow, though, Christopher, he was he was very gracious and very very nice to us. Uh, so this is my interview with Christopher Drutzi from Sammy and Annie Foods. Follow him at sammyandannyfoods.com and on Twitter at sammyandannyfoods. We'll be back after the interview. Street. I, I, I'm a terrible research guy, and I forgot to ask the actual address. What's the location physically we're at right we're, now? We're uh, 717 Bleecker Street. Mm-hmm. I always like to give a, um, a landmark where uh, the corner of uh, Mohawk and Bleecker Street. Mm-hmm. So sorry, it's an intersection of Mohawk and Bleecker yeah. with also Albany Street um, running into it on, on an angle. It's funny. I always, uh, me and Justin were driving down here to, to come do the interview as I'm dropping my pens all over the place. Um, and I, my grandparents actually grew up, well, I grew up not too far away from here. Okay. Uh, my grandparents owned a hardware store on Webster Ave, which is maybe like a five-minute walk from here if okay. you went around the corner. And I always I, I always think of this neighborhood as like old Utica to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Like, I, I, I like that it has that sort of feel to it. And I, I always think about that growing up as like, this is the this is the part of Utica that people sort of forget about now. Like, old... <laughs> it is. It, it definitely, that's where my family um, is from, my Parents were born and raised here in East mm-hmm. Utica, even since um, you know myself, my brother being raised in a Barnabas area. Mm-hmm. But my parents, so this the business was from here, which being named after my grandparents, they my mother grew up on um, Morris Street, mm-hmm. yeah, which is only a few blocks away oh, from yeah. the shopping plaza, <laughs> which now houses Hannaford. So where that mm-hmm. plaza would be before it used to be small um, grocery stores and whatnot. And my father, because he was born in this building, where. They're not literally born, but lived <laughs> when he was born in this building upstairs um, where my store is. So in the apartment mm-hmm. now, that's where my father and uh, grandparents lived. So and so there's there's a lot of history just in this couple, um, few block radius. Yeah. I'm, a, uh, I'm a history major, so for me, like okay. any sort of old, I, I'm, I'm such a nerd for stuff like that. Uh, and for our listeners, we're actually here with Christopher Jurtzi. I guess you are, would you call us the owner? Yes, right? owner, the, yep. the direct title of Sammy and Annie Foods here on Bleecker Street. Um, and again, I, I'm... I'm an Italian guy. I grew up in, you know, I have Italian family in the neighborhood. It makes me happy to see, like, local Italian food being produced. And uh, and you have a name that goes around the city. Big Family seems to be a big portion of the business. Like, even going to the website, they have the Big Family photos. I met your mom and dad when we came yes. in. Uh, how important has that been in the business? Is the inclusion of your family involved? It's been crucial. I mean, without my parents, you know, it wouldn't be possible. Mm. So, um, just, you know, both you know, physically with the support and just... The physical aspect of it, doing, sure. uh, helping with all the the um, the work and and everything, and just the going back to history too, mm. with like I said, having both sides of the family represented, with my father's side having the building, mm-hmm. um, in the family. So this this building's been in the family for 
I don't know, 60 to 70 years, roughly, that houses their plumbing and heating business still to this day. And, um, and then, like I said, with mentioning my, that was named after my mother's parents, so yeah. having the family pictures of both sides around, that's been key. And being back in this area, there are, since my grandparents on my mother's side have passed, uh, passed away in the 80s, but some of their friends are still living, mm-hmm. and by ha- opening the store, um, some, you know, if stopped in, I, the, I didn't know, obviously my mother was able to reconnect with two or, you know, has since, you know, has stayed in touch with, that I was able to see, and then hear stories, direct stories about them, mm. and then, like I said, being in the, in the building that has the long family history from the Juritzi side sure. as well. Uh, Chris, I always, I'm always curious about, uh, about history. Let me ask a little bit about you, uh, personally, um, how old are you, by the way? I'm 32. 32. So you're right in my yes. age, real. Yes. So you were born, you, were you initially born in Barneville, or were you from the Utica initially? I was born, my parents, um, I was born in Barneville. Mm-hmm. You know, raised, born and raised, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, because my parents, when they got married, it'll be 40 years ago, so they oh, moved up. Yeah, they, <laughs> so, um, so they moved up there prior to, mm-hmm. you know, having children, so. So it's been up there. Went to the Holland Patton School District. Holland Patton. Cool. Yes. And, and uh, I think I was on your Facebook page earlier. I hope you don't. Hope it doesn't no, creep you. I know it gets no, creepy. No, that's what it's there for. That's what, that's... Did you went to Utica College as well? Yes, I did. What did you uh, What did you study out there? Public relations and journalism. Oh, nice. So I was there nice. from 2002 to 2006, hmm. with um, not a formal concentration in broadcasting. They didn't have their program sure. fully put together. It was just starting when I was getting ready to graduate. They were just starting the construction of the Simon Institute, um, their broadcast uh, studio. So there was just some groundwork classes that were the full sure. student. So I didn't get that full. That would have been my, that was what I w- was really um, interested in. More what was so the, than, were you trying to get into, into journalism, writing? Do you still write? I was. It or? was more so, it would have, I would have, Said my mindset was more like sport broadcasting oh, eventually, yeah. Yeah. in that in that realm. I uh, that was when I was I, I ended up going to college as a history major okay. um, because I had parents who were teachers and I thought initially I wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but I was always as a kid. I remember I used to listen to the Yankees in the radio. I used to listen to John Sterling and, and Charlie Steiner. I'm and a Mets a, fan. So. You're a Mets fan. Yes. Uh, but I just remember like, <laughs> hey, I listen. I'm, I like watching the Mets. I'm not like I'm not one of those Yankee fans who's like, oh, I hate the Mets. I actually I will root for the Mets. Mm-hmm. As long as they're not playing the Yankees, yeah. like I still want the New York team to win, right. and I'm and I'm digging their pitching staff. But uh, but I guess the point I'm saying is I, I used to I used to like lay in bed at night as a kid, and mm-hmm. I would hear baseball on the radio, which is now still the only like way I can really enjoy baseball right. <laughs> to like a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, like that was the thing. Like that in back of my I was like, man, that's that's something I could feel passionate mm-hmm. about to be that person whose voice is like telling a story. Yeah. And now I just do a podcast on the internet. Because <laughs> so. actually, in elementary school through mm-hmm. middle school and some of high school, mm-hmm. I announced basketball games for Holland Pad. Oh, nice. So from I think fifth grade, my first game. Mm-hmm. So just the just the PA announcing that. Yeah. So it was always something I was always interested in. Mm-hmm. So, where was the transition? Did you always have like food in your life? Like you've mentioned it a couple times, and I, we are going to get to it about uh, naming you know the Sammy Nannies after your grandparents. Right. Uh, you know, obviously, you know Italian background. Food's always been important. But do you remember early like memories of food yes. being important? I, I mean, it was always it's it's a being you know um, full blooded Italian. Food is the center. You're always kind of great in your mm. kitchen. Yeah. If it's holidays <laughs> or any get together, the kitchen is the focal point. 
oh, yeah. of the home and anything. Um, and my mother, because I was too young to remember my grandparents for the businesses named that, that side. Um, as, but my grandmother was an avid cook. She always cooked. And my mother continued. And my mother cooked um, and a baker as well. So I always grew up around great food and baked goods from my yeah. mother. And then my uncle on my father's side had uh, the Northernville restaurant in Barneville. Mm-hmm. So it was same thing, both sides of the family. You have that background and the interest. So I never, growing up, I never thought or really um, had any interest in thing, doing that as a career. Mm. But it just kind of fell into place after I graduated from college. Mm. Um, the temp, you know, job interview after job interview, nothing amounts yep. to anything. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, just shortly, right after I was, a um, little, little short while after I was graduating, I was home watching the Food Network. Yeah. So it just kind of came about when I just was started experimenting with cooking mm-hmm. myself. So, well, let me just start like, do this thing um, on my own. Just got some interest in that. And the, in 2007, I cooked a birthday dinner for my mother. Just out of, like I said, I had a, I don't know, like a, six or seven course meal all on my own. I had two uh, stress fractures in or stress fractures in both arms at the time and I still like needed my own pasta dough, bread dough and everything <laughs> and just made all the course from appetizers to even dessert as well. So that was my very first time, very green at the time of cooking. So I just did that and it it worked. I don't know how, but it, it did. <laughs> and then um there is a uh, food Network, going back to Food Network again, they had a, a recipe search, a nationwide recipe search, the mm-hmm. Food Network Ultimate Recipe Showdown, yeah. which they they turned, I think it only lasted two seasons on air as a, um, you know, as one of their uh, short segmented uh, series. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that one. I entered a few recipes into that, and actually there's a funny story about that kind of little background, how it almost didn't happen. Mm. I don't know if this ever made it to anything <laughs> about the business, but... Um, we lost power. Of course, I procrastinated and waited until the last day to <laughs> yeah. to submit the recipes online. So I had them up there, and it was a good thing that I only had backup in it. And I don't think I ever used it once in college. I had a Bluetooth adapter, a USB Bluetooth adapter. Yeah. And I could tether with my cell phone because we lost power. Power came back up. I was able to use my laptop, but the Internet... Didn't come back. It didn't come back on oh yet. So, um, I think it was. I think it was already time war at the time or, or whatever. Yeah. Wasn't on. So I was like, oh, oh my god! It was like, do it like five p.m. Mm. that afternoon. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Got it. Finally plugged this thing in, and it was. This was back. So this is two thousand seven. Mm. So high speed through wireless was a turtle compared to now. Oh yeah, yeah. So especially tethering We're to a flip. We're spoiled Yeah, tethering to a flip phone. Oh wow. With that. <laughs> and it just got in just under the wire. So it was, but that was, I mean, I, I haven't learned. I'm still a procrastinator. Oh, it's, so it's still always done the last minute you think I would, but it, it didn't. I still was in the college mindset, I guess, too. Um, and nothing's changed. But so one of my recipes made it to the semifinals, mm. and it was for uh, green chili. And that rest was a full recipe, which I turned into my uh, green explosion chili starter, mm-hmm. which was one of my first jar products that I um, now sell. So once that happened, I was like, well, maybe it's meant to be for me to be in the food business. Mm. Since nothing that I went 
you know, jobs amount to anything. I couldn't wait any longer. I'm like, I have to just start something. If, if a job isn't working out, let me create one myself. Mm. So I went from there, researched what it would take to, you know, look into um, creating my own sauces, the licensing, everything mm. that it takes. Went to the, um, there was a multi-step process, went to the state to get the state license, the town to get uh, a home occupation in the home to have the business in that home. But this isn't a, um, <clears throat> this is a full-scale license, but they still have the active in Barnabelle as well, the kitchen there. Right. That's where I still do my jarring. Um, so it's not to be confused with a home exemption where people can do only certain things. It's a full Article 20C egg and markets license. Are you, are you doing more business by the, with the jarred foods and the canned stuff, would you say, that now? Or are you doing most of the pastry stuff? Like, what do you think has probably been the big selling point recently? Um, more since I started, it's it's been more of the pastries mm-hmm. and the stuff. But just in the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, as we just mentioned, kind of hitting the reset button, yeah. that we didn't have enough time to focus on our jarred products. Right. So okay. we had a hard time keeping up with everything. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of just going back to the roots of the business and trying to manage, be able to manage everything. So instead mm-hmm. of doing too many things. Right. So kind of focus on two or three things. Mm. Like I said, back to the roots and what we've added since the inception of the business. But enough so we can man- and have, do enough just everything justice. So to focus on the jarred products our baked goods, the ready-to-cook items sure. um, that we have in our store, and um, and we do uh, catering as well. Nice. So instead of having full-service meals and mm. stuff like that, and um, and doing that, so we and going to farmers markets, so we had to just kind of. Pick and choose. Well, uh, I'm a, I have a couple questions about that, actually, because I was running through a little bit of info on the website about this. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like, so you guys are, I guess, 2009 was the the official date that you guys began business, but this is startup goes back to 2007 is what I'm right, guessing? 2007 yeah. is when I started. I got my DBA at the end of 2007 uh-huh. and then started the process of constructing the kitchen, getting um, my Ag and Margaret's license, mm-hmm. and that built out. And licensing with, and rolled into to product testing, getting all the kinks worked out with a jarring process of choosing the right jar sizing, mm. getting all the pH proper yeah. with that. So they took about a year and a half. Mm. That seems like, see the jarring to me. I, I you know my Italian, I have an Italian family, mm. a Calabrian side. Okay, same and, um, same Calabrian well. and yes. Calabrese. See, see and, Calabrese. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we do we do the sausage like the dried sausage. Okay. Uh, and that, and it's even just the jarring process of that, which we can't sell because right. it's you need to have all sorts of licenses for it. Yeah, but, even so, it's that's one of that's one of the great areas that is hard that they don't really that state really doesn't allow. Yeah, to be sold even if it's jarred because there's really no preservation. Just just put in oil and sealant is not. No preservation. <laughs> no, but like, but even just the the jarring process brought a lot of headaches on for my grandfather. The process of like he spent like five years determining the best way to jar sausage he can't sell. Do you know what right. I mean? So I can't even think about like what it must be like to go through the the like the federal or whatever process you have to go through just to sell something in a regular market, let alone sell it out of a storefront. Right. I mean, so actually, the hardest product was our which I kind of. Market as our flagship item, our pickled mm. green tomatoes. Oh, nice! That oh, was the yeah. 
<laughs> recipe that, that was my grandmother's. So converting that recipe, besides the fact that everything really never had a, you know, actual weight and everything like mm-hmm. you know, a full recipe. Back then they didn't really write anything. Everything is by feel and by look. But doing that, you know, to specs and to have it mm-hmm. be safe because also my mother tells me stories of that. They just would, you know, pickle green tomatoes. Preserve them in oil, same thing. Just oh, keep them yeah. on the counter, not even refrigerator, but but you can't do that for no, sale. No. So to get it to keep the integrity of the tomato by pasteurizing it and whatnot mm-hmm. and getting it um, safe, shelf stable, took um, I actually had a there was several different you know trial and error methods, mm-hmm. and the traditional ones didn't work. So I came up with my had to develop my own process that then in turn had to be approved by the um, because everything has to go through mm-hmm. a, um, a process authority, yeah. which I chose uh, Cornell through their Northeast Center for Food Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So they approve the scheduled process, which is everything that you have to follow to the T, which is a formula, not just a recipe. So everything has to be yeah. weighed, uh, timed, critical factors have to be mm-hmm. taken, which is not every batch you make. You have to keep <laughs> records with pH testing and then everything like in um, time mm-hmm. and temperature. Which is so out of touch to what a, like Italians cook like in the kitchen, which is right. not you know I I haven't measured a spice in like five years. Right, and that was <laughs> you know that, like, um, oh, that's crazy, man. So that's that cool. one, just getting that they weren't even sure if they were gonna allow me to, huh. to if they were gonna be able to approve the process, but they were actually they were surprised that when they got it, it worked. So that was mm-hmm. I. That's good. They created my own formula for doing that. Mm-hmm. So. That was um, kind of, you know, that was a good feeling in a way. It worked something that doesn't normally work, and it, it worked, and and that has been the best selling jar yeah. product. Well, uh, that kind of ties in. I did want to talk. I did want to ask you. Uh, I'm always curious because uh, as a guy, I've spent a lot of years in the restaurant industry. I was a waiter. Uh, my sister went to culinary school. I have lots of friends who open restaurants, have been in restaurants. I'm fascinated by restaurant culture and food culture. It does seem to draw a lot of its own struggles. Now, a lot of it sounds like you know the the canning stuff and the and the store preparation stuff was a big struggle. What other were there struggles that showed up that surprised you? I, like you know, what do you think? The, what was the most surprising struggle you had when facing the this business venture starting up? Um, it's I don't know. It's surprising. I'm trying to think uh, pick to pick one mm. right now. Um, well, a, actually, the, the, the biggest struggle is to kind of keep yourself in check from trying to do too much. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like you think by adding more things in the store or services mm. with like serving full meals that mm. that would maybe help. And it wasn't it wasn't that like trying to be say like not like trying to be greedy and bring more business. Mm. You're trying to think well the compliment we sell a lot of local products, so let's serve the meals to roll it into it mm-hmm. and to try to bring people, and then um, it will move the stuff on the shelves more. Well, that doesn't necessarily work out all the time, um, you know, because then you do too many things and you can't do everything, imagine, do everything all at once and do everything in justice, so certain things have to suffer, yeah. and I wasn't, and my philosophy isn't suffering quality, it was just and what we could produce. Sure. I wouldn't cut corners. All of our baked goods, we never freeze anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Even when it comes to Christmas time, um, we just can only accept a certain amount of orders. So, because I'm not just going to 
say, oh, just to get more business, I'm going to start freezing and making them ahead of time. That's not the structure of my business. It's not right. what I want to do. I'm going to give the, just like my mother bakes for our family. They've done all these years. I want to bake for the, have the customers yeah. have that same stuff. So it was just that when we added other things, only do a limited amount of everything. Mm. And that actually ties into something. Um, one of our former uh, guests on the show, Tim Hardiman, who owns Taylor and the Cook, we had a conversation about this. Uh, if you go to, like, a diner, mm-hmm. right, you'll notice that a diner has about 60 things on the menu, right? Yeah. And you look at it and you go, there's no way that you can make all of those items correctly. Like, you probably make about 10 of those that are edible and the rest of them are all whatever. When you look at a place that does small-scale stuff, you know that they're putting so much effort into it because these are the items that we're presenting. We're not going to present... If I'm making a steak and I'm making a ham sandwich, you can tell I'm going to make one correct... You can't always guarantee that you're going to get everything in between to be correct. Right. Uh, so I think that... I think, honestly, like... Uh, I think it's a good idea to, like, that you're focusing on certain things mm-hmm. that, you know, areas specifically, you know, for gaining. Right. Like, the catering thing is another one I think that's a, yes. that's a great idea. And another thing, I mean, that, that probably many small businesses have touched on is just the increase in the minimum wage. It's just hard, <sighs> hard right now for a small business yep. mm-hmm. that just the fact of if you, if in order to increase production, you need to have a greater staff. Yeah. And as a, still is considered a startup, even... Even though my business started in 2007, but there's those startup costs still. And then yeah. adding the storefront, it just kind of still goes. And then with the increase from, was when I first started, was it 8 or 8.25? Then all, $8, sorry. Mm. Just within a matter of yeah. a year and a half or whatever, that it already went up to 9. Mm. And they're talking from 14 years old. So even if you just get to start for washing dishes. Yeah. And they're already earning that and that makes it a challenge too. Oh yeah. And I think that's that's been a topic of conversation that for I've every, actually a lot of Right. Yeah. And that's affected everybody. So um I do want to thank you for giving us all this time today. It's been a real pleasure coming down here and meeting you. Um I did actually I want to bring up one thing though before we let you go. I think I heard you talking about this up front. Are you guys doing savory pasties right now? Yes. Really? That is something <laughs> that I I had at the farmers market. I want to say Two, a year and a half maybe, a year and a half ago, um, for the first time just with our breakfast pasties. Mm. And um, something just didn't set right. I still had to just change the recipe a little bit. Mm. And um, went through over a year of testing. And then I also had the thought of uh, savory lunch pasties as well. And Mm. we launched it at the um, iHeart Utica Day back on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. And we launched both of those. And then the following day, March 4th, we um, started having them here, and I have a variety. Each week, we change the mm. the featured, I want to say, flavor mm. of breakfast and lunch mm. pasties. See, I think th- I think you're onto something with this, man. I guess when you know, uh, full disclosure, Justin Parkinson made you is also in the room. <laughs> yeah. uh, when we went to New York for my birthday, I dragged him to this place that does Czechoslovakian style collage, which is not that dissimilar a concept than doing like a lunch or savory pasty. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, I think that's an interesting, that's something, I'm always fascinated when people are doing something that's, no one else is capitalizing right. on. I think that's actually, I, I like that idea. That's why I was, really, I was worried about how to launch it so mm-hmm. the word didn't get out yeah. early enough. I mean, I, you know, so it could have took a lot of testing, a lot of trial and error, um, which is good and not, you tend to eat too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but that's our, um, our passport. Yeah. That's one of the passport promotions where it's the buy one of our savory pussies, which either breakfast or lunch, and you get one of the dessert pussies. And we have a couple other dessert p- 
plus the items that we're going to be launching um, right around the time of the, the Passport launch. Hopefully, we can at least get one of them out right at the launch, mm-hmm. right at Memorial Day, um, right around there. So there's something in testing, another thing that's been in the works. So that will um, qualify for the free uh, dessert Wonderful. as well. So uh, The website is SammyAndAnnieFoods.com. You yes. guys are also on Twitter at SammyAnnieFoods. Christopher Jorotzi, it has been a real pleasure. And Instagram as well. Instagram, boom. See, all over social media. I like it. Chris, it's been a real pleasure, though. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Thank you. And we will be back with the show in just a moment. Christopher Jorutzi, thank you very, very much. He was a great guy, and you can actually, uh, you can go to Sammy and Annie's with your Maiden Utica passport, which you can get from the Maiden Utica passport release party this upcoming Saturday. So, just tie Are you going to be at that? Together. I am going to be at that now. I just found out this week. I'm very excited. We were talking about it earlier. I'm going to be at both of these things this week. I'm a social butterfly now. You're all over the place now. This is the most I've seen you in three months. I graduated, and now I can do things. (laughs) Allegedly. 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 Wait till school is over, and then I'll be, like, up in your face all the time. Uh, Before we get into the nonsensical section of the show, uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, today, by the time this show comes out, is the voting day for school budgets. Yes. Uh, Go out and vote. Uh, Whether you agree or disagree with uh, people next to you about voting, that doesn't matter. Just go out and vote and get your voice heard. Please vote. As somebody who works in elementary education or in education in general, please vote. Go, Indeed. go, go. We like to vote here on this show. Yes, vote. I voted three times yesterday. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a chance with Ryan Gosling? Yes. That was one. I that, cast my vote for yes. That's not a vote. That's like a that's an a optimistic wish. No, it was a voting poll. Uh, I said yes. It was a piece of notebook paper. <laughs> Did you just write Aaron Gosling over and over again? I wrote Aaron, Aaron loves Ryan Gosling. My um, unfortunately, Mr. Aaron said no. I did not have a chance with Ryan Gosling, so I guess that vote is um, even. So uh, uh, bad news if it ever comes down to a head to head <laughs> show off. <laughs> Got real bad news for counselor over here. I know my poor unfortunate soul is. Do you? Has you a guys, lawyer that I argue with. Do you guys have like a list of five celebrities who it's okay to? to... No, we don't. We don't. I don't. I don't know if Mr. Aaron does, but I I don't because my list is like would be would be weird. Would be Pete Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. Like yep, Grandma Carroll. You Grandma, love Pete Carroll. <laughs> you know how I feel about Pete Carroll. Yeah. It's just five. It just says Pete Carroll five times on my list essentially. <laughs> so is it just so is it basically people who look like Pete Carroll? So like Pete Carroll, B. Arthur, everybody. B. Arthur. Like that? Yeah, okay. She's on the list. <laughs> no. B. Arthur is a handsome woman. She's, She's also been handsome. dead for quite some time. Well, but not anymore. Just, but she was a handsome woman. She might still be handsome. You don't know. Um, I thought you meant she's not dead anymore. Like, what have you reanimated whoa. the Golden Girls? Hold up, hold up. Uh, that's it. That's uh, the kid. The kid from Aladdin, the animated character who plays Aladdin, is on my list. <laughs> I like the fact that in your world, it's an animated person who's gotten the job of playing animated Aladdin. Yeah. So this is like animated, like you know. Tony Charles, yeah. who just is out here taking jobs. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, 
we can actually talk about a cultural event that's happening right now because we all experienced it for once, guys. We actually all went to a movie theater and saw Captain America oh. Civil War, the biggest movie in America right now. We did. Um, I uh, Before we get into the movie, I got to say... Going to the movies kind of underrated. We're not, I don't know, we're not doing over it underrated this week, but I had a nice time at the movies, except for the fact that the guy next to me was not sharing his armrest. He uh-huh. had both armrests. Hell yeah, that was me, and I was taking all of them. <laughs> taking all the armrests. <laughs> no, I was actually, we were in the, the theater was, I don't know, Aaron, when you went to see it, but when me and Sam went, it was packed. We, like, um, there was not a seat in the house. My story about how I got into Civil War, uh, Iron Man, what's it called? Civil War? Captain America Civil War. Animations. What what are they called? The Avengers. Avengers. <laughs> the okay. animations. I called them the Ademnables the other day. I didn't okay. know what they were. Doctor Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, originally we had gone to see Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's a cartoon movie. Neither do I. It's a cartoon movie, and Mr. Aaron and um, and Mr. Aaron's daughter went to go see Ratchet and Clank. So it was a cartoon movie. And then about 15 minutes in, we were like, this isn't going to fly. And we snuck into Civil War. Mm. So we were like 20 minutes late for Civil War. But we had to sit really, really close to the front. Which is the worst. Which is the worst. But I got I got to see the movie, so I was cool with it. We bullied our way into some nice seats. Uh, because we made a pro move and skipped the uh, concessions line because it was considerably longer than we felt like waiting for. Uh, I don't think it was the wrong decision. No. And no. also... I just want to let you folks know, because I am a, a straight-up certified G and bona fide stud, that we did go to the dollar store beforehand and load up on dollar store candy, because this is not my first rodeo, guys. I paid $45 for popcorn. That's exactly why I didn't do that. Whatever. Uh, what did you think of Captain America Civil War, Aaron? I thought it was great. Um... I like in depth analysis. No. analysis. Well, here's the thing. I don't, are we giving it away? Like, I don't really care if people want to the movie or not. So I'll just talk about it because I don't know what's a spoiler. Well, what's look, not a spoiler. I, spoilers are because here's the thing. Because I don't know what it is and what isn't. Because I don't know the story. I don't know the origin. So if I say things like, you know, anything about I'll, Bucky or whatever, I don't can, want it to be a spoiler. We can go ahead and put a minor spoiler. I'm not actually planning on talking about any of the plot of the movie. I just have a couple. I like Bucky. I, uh, yeah, Stan, Seba- Sebastian Stan, Bucky the Winter Soldier. Yeah. An anti-hero with a bad attitude and long hair. I what? cannot believe it. <laughs> what? That's not my type at all! Um, I also liked the man who was the bird. Oh, the falcon. Yes! Yeah, you know what's funny, though? We liked were, him. I'm probably the resident oh. nerd here like in this Black room. Panther. I were my other one. Black Panther. Black Panther was like, I was so on his side for the majority of the film. There's a lot of Marvel characters that don't easily. There's a lot of comic book characters in general that don't translate to uh, television or like or to movie forms. Like, like Ant Man is a strange superhero. Dude, to me. But I loved Ant Man though in this movie. But they found like ways to make like B list superheroes seem really cool. Like characters like the Falcon and Ant Man. I think that helps with limited screen time though, because like Ant Man, Paul Rudd is only in that movie for maybe 15, 20 minutes total. And I think, yeah. and not you know, not specifically Paul Rudd because that guy can you know really kind of do no wrong in a movie. But it was weird that Paul Rudd's a superhero. Let me just put it out there. True, but like you take a guy like Black Panther who's in this movie, and it looks like they're gonna put him in his own standalone movie. He was great being used sparingly as part of his, a part of an ensemble. Am I gassed to go see just a Black Panther movie regular? Not specifically. Not so much. No. Did you stay? Okay, here's a yes. Okay, that's my question. Yes, we did stay through the credits. Because we only stayed through the first half of the credits, and then we missed the second half of the credits. You didn't miss much. That that's is, what I had. That's what that I That is something that we will tell the people, though. If you do yeah, go you see Captain America Civil War, 
stay through the animated credits because there will be another scene and then stay through the really boring, long black screen credits because there's a second extra scene at the end of that. So stay all the way through if you go see it. Not for nothing. Even if there is no uh, no extra thing at the end, I kind of like to sit and watch the credits at the end because, one, I'm not trying to fight my way through the crowd to get out of a movie anyway. I am. You uh, also like to shout funny names that people have. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's like Mystery Science Theater. I just like to look at people I'm like, ah, Production assistant, John Jones. I like that guy a lot. That could have been me. Sergio Valdez. That's yeah. a great name. Yeah, Sergio Valdez. <laughs> he seems like a midfielder. Who did I... Who was the guy yesterday? There was uh, there was an Enzo in there. It was a crazy guy with an Enzo name, and I was like, that guy probably has the greatest gig. I, I want to be one of those people in the credits who has like a really minuscule job, like wardrobe department, Bottle, John. Bottled water section. Yeah, bottled water cooler. Yeah. Um, one thing, I, I want to say this, because Kevin made this point during the movie yesterday, and I don't want to forget uh, to talk about it. One of the things that fascinates me in general about the Marvel movies and the franchise is the diversity of the audience that the movies yeah. pull in. If you looked around that movie theater, you saw uh, black people, white people, uh, minorities, old people, old people young, young people, people, kids. It was me, and I had yeah. a six-year-old. So, like, right off the bat, that was, I mean, and Adam's a nerd, so he was into it. He knew the origins. I knew nothing, and she was super psyched about uh, the whole thing, so. I, I do feel like the super superhero movie bubble will eventually burst, but why do you guys think that superhero movies in general have this kind of appeal in such a broad range right now? Because that's what they're pouring all the money into. Yeah? Yeah, 100%, because they've, they, when they, everything came together for superhero movies... Uh, when we say superhero movies, we do mean Marvel movies because yeah. that pretty much is superhero movies. What are the just other the three ones? Batman What's... good movies. Yeah, well, yeah, but that, I mean that that's what I mean. When we say superhero movies, you're talking specifically about Marvel. The movies. Marvel. What are the X Men? Uh, Marvel. Are they Marvel? Yeah, they're Marvel. Um, I learned something. <laughs> everything came together for superhero movies, and they got Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. God, God, he's Once so good. you have a couple solid people to build around, yes. I think they do well because there's so much story. I think you've got both a broad, wide appeal to, like, kids who like superheroes and regular people who want just, you know, some, like, regular superhero-type entertainment. But then you've also got these diehard people who will do anything to see these films, you know, like the the hardcore fanboy crowd and that mm. type of stuff. So you hit uh, both a broad audience and a really niche audience, which I think is tough to do with a lot of movies. But it's also because they're really kind of the only game in town. They're also really predictable. Like, to an extent, you know that when you go to see a superhero movie, the formula is going to be like, there's an issue, there's a fight, there's a good guy and a bad guy, there's a fight, uh, this, 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 and then it all ends up sort of okay. So you sort of have that predictability going into it. It doesn't give you, like, anxiety. The twists and turns that happen within the plot are great, but that predictability, people love that. Mm. Studies have shown that people love predictability. So going into those things and knowing to an extent what you're going to get out of it, you're going to cheer for the good guy. You're going to hate the bad guy. You might even like the bad guy. Like Those mm. things are huge for people. Well, I think what's, what's interesting about these movies, too, is uh, whether you like the Marvel product or dislike the Marvel product, you know that's, that's an opinion-based thing. But what really can't be argued is that Marvel has established this all-encompassing universe that a lot of other entities are attempting to race to catch up to because Marvel's kind of hit onto something really high. really interesting right now where every movie is sort of connected and it makes you want to see the next movie. Like, uh, this was a pretty good movie. I thought this was a B-plus B movie. We talked about it yesterday. Like, there wasn't much of this movie I didn't like. It kind of makes me want to see what the next movie is going to be like because I enjoyed all these characters individually and I want to see them getting more crazy shenanigans, mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? 
It's almost like a serial like TV show in that kind of you way. You know what right? was one of my favorite things about the new Captain America movie? Um, and this is going to sound like a knock or me making a joke, but I actually really appreciate this about it. I like that it was kind of short. Yes, yeah. I did too. Yeah. Like it clocked in at maybe, maybe, maybe two hours long. If, at the like, most. At two the hours. most. As yeah. opposed to, like, because a lot of times you go see these movies and they're like just forever. You know what I mean? A lot of these yeah. big blockbuster movies can't get out of their own way. And so you've got like a two hour and 40 minute movie. And I'm not always trying to sit in a theater, especially a really crowded theater, for like three mm-hmm. hours. It's just not really. They shortened, a, like, the scenes were, were brief, but they were to the point. There wasn't yeah. a lot of like. The twisty, windy, seventy-five mm. more minutes of fighting that we didn't need to see. We got it. Once you got the mm. fighting out, we were done. We got it. You moved on. Here's my question: Is it fair that, for instance, when you went to the movie and you saw the whole thing and it was over and you had the first set of credits? I'm not going to say what happens, but there's essentially a pretty big plot point in the first uh, credits extra, extra scene. sequence. Yeah, post credit scene. Do you? The po- I'm sorry, the, what's yeah. the official term the for post it? Credit the yeah. post-credit scene? The post-credit scene. Do you think it's fair to put a major potential plot point in those post-credit scenes? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Num- number one, everybody knows now. That, I mean, if you if you don't know, I don't know what to tell you, but like it's pretty common knowledge that every single Marvel movie is gonna have those? has a scene after the credits. And I think the argument for it is that, you know, they want you to watch the credits anyway because, you know, these are the people, those, you know, wardrobe department guys and everybody you know these people deserve their due and a lot of people you know especially hardcore film people consider it to be respectful to sit through the credits at the end Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's fair in the fact that you know if you stay and you sit through the credits you get rewarded and most people should know like when we were watching we were in that theater and it was packed and the credits start and almost everybody stayed because everybody knew yeah Mm -hmm. and then like the people who were leaving everybody was like ah these suckers and then the regular credits rolled, and some people still left, but even still, most people stayed. I yeah. think at this point, they've sort I of left, built up. And I left, because I didn't know. I left in between the two. I like the idea of it, because as I mentioned, for, as a film guy, I, I, I appreciate like filmmaking. It sort of forces you to watch the credits and look yeah. at the person who just made this epic, giant blockbuster for you to enjoy for, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it sort of forces you to give credit to the people who done it by forcing you to sit through the entire credits instead of just bailing out which i would do otherwise i like it yeah i agree with you i like it because um in this case and now this is the first let me just say this right off the bat this is the first marvel film i've seen in a theater pretty much ever Mm. um i can't think of another time where i went to a superhero film like i just can't think of another one i have an interesting question for you when you're done go ahead so and i don't know anything about this anything Mm. so i think it's interesting that the first post-credit sequence. Now I don't know. I know what happens in the second post-credit scene, but I don't think that it was as big of a deal as the first one was. Mm-hmm. The first thing that they show, the first scene, is kind of like a big. It sets up kind uh, of a, another storyline to an extent. It sets up that whole thing because you look at who right. who's in the scene, and you go back to the movie and you figure out where they all stood in the whole. Iron Man versus Captain America stuff, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, hold on a second, and it goes into that stuff, and then you're like, I left the theater like, huh, I wonder where that's gonna go, and I kind of liked that. It was short, it was brief, it didn't tell you anything, mm-hmm. it didn't tell you where it was going, it was just like, here's what we're doing, boom, done. Well, the thing, I think the point though, they started doing that in the first Iron Man movie. Remember the first Iron Man movie? Not anymore. No. All right. Well, the point. Oh is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I remember the beginning of that. Yeah. Well, basically, uh, you know. 
now people start looking for them. I don't think they do a very good job with those scenes anymore, honestly, because they don't you don't really learn too much from them anymore. Back in the day, it was like, whoa, that was impressive. Cause, oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I All think right. they do a great job. What's the question you have? I like the way they do cold opens like that, though. They yeah. just like roll right into it. Like, yeah, yeah I did. Uh, well, my question was for someone who's not watched a lot of the other Marvel movies in theaters, did you find yourself confused at all? There's a lot of characters and a lot of stuff going on that's okay. hard to just jump into if you've never so, paid attention to it. I'll say it like this: the the man sitting to my my right, Mr. Aaron, was trying really hard to be like, okay, now that was his father, and he, he didn't, and I was like, I oh, can't. Yeah. It's I a just, mistake. You gotta and just, I said you gotta I was just like, let... I was like, listen, I just, I love you, but I can't right now, because I just couldn't, you're, it was a lot of stuff for me to take in. You're the type where, you, you've just gotta let it wash over you. And I did. I See, let it go. And, well, that's, you know that, but I'm saying, like, you know, you're the type where you've just gotta take this all in, and then afterwards, maybe you'll we have some, some questions, questions, but like... Honestly, I, what I think they do a really good job of is not excluding first-timers. Mm-hmm. That I went into that movie not knowing anything about the relationship between these people, not knowing that uh, Ant-Man was even in this thing, and Spider-Man, and these people were... I had no clue these people even had anything to do with each other. Uh, I didn't know what their powers were. I didn't care. So I went in, and I saw the movie, and I felt like it was a complete film. I didn't need to see mm. what had happened prior. Would it be more interesting for me as a film viewer to see what happened prior so that I know what was going on? Certainly. Sure, of course. That way you feel like you're engaged in the story. But for not knowing, I went in, and I saw a complete film and didn't really have mm. a lot of questions. It wasn't like I was able to say... The only question that I had, and here's the only question, and it was really dumb. When they were talking about... In the, in the middle of the thing, this is not a plot point, but this is this is Captain America and Iron Man were having a conversation, and, and Iron Man said uh, something about his parents, and I could have sworn that he said our parents. So my my only question was, were they related? No, that was it. Because I could have sworn I must have misheard him say yeah. our parents or something, our dad or something, and that's when I that was the only relationship I didn't understand. But that took about forty five seconds. Um. I, I only have one... The interesting thing with these movies, about Captain America specifically, is I don't find Captain America as a character super interesting, but these movies find a way to make him kind of relatable. He just runs a lot. Like, like, he just runs a lot. Who are you on the side of? Captain America and his pals or Iron Man and his pals? The movie kind of implies that you're supposed to be on Captain America's yeah, side. Yeah, of course. I'm always and forever... On on Robert Downey Jr. side in anything like it, Tony about, Stark wins all the time. Because I thought Captain America was kind of being a crybaby. For a little bit, movie, yeah. A little bit. He had a valid point, but at the same time, like you're not an idiot. You understand, like Stark's making great points the whole time. Tony Stark is, and also like he's a little bit aggressively dedicated to his boy Bucky, the uh, Winter Soldier there. Like that certain, was kind of an odd point for me. Well, that's yeah, and why, that that's something. He turned from, his back on a lot of people to. That's one of those places where the previous movies would be a help there. Mm. And Adam had told me. Adam said, you know, he went through and told me what their relationship was. Mm-hmm. But even, like I said, even not knowing that, you look at it, you're like, oh, he just is really into his friend Bucky. Uh-huh. With the arm. Did we go see, I read, a little bit off topic, did we go see Dark Knight Rises together, Aaron? Mm-hmm. We didn't? Wait, we didn't? Or did we? I feel like we might... I. I definitely went to see it, and I thought it was with you, but I don't remember. We might have. I've seen it, so we might have. You guys would make a great Bane and Catwoman joint Halloween costume between the two of you. Okay, I'm going to need a little bigger of a suit. Yeah? I'm going to need, like, a little room. (laughs) (laughs) some room. Uh, I don't like things that clingy. No, he was saying you were going to be Bane. Yes! (laughs) Yeah, Bane. 
Come back to the podcast. This is the re- Revenant. Uh, yeah. Same voice in the Revenant still bothers me, by the very, way. Uh, very quickly, though, uh, I've heard that there are at least two other major frames. Like, DC is trying to do the same thing Marvel's doing with the Batman. Never going to happen because all the characters are trash. Except for Batman, every single character they have is hot garb. Fair point. Fair point. I don't point. think I even know any of those people. Superman, trash. Batman, trash. Wonder Aquaman, Woman. trash. Wonder Woman, oh, trash. Oh, Aquaman. Is he a real thing still? Yeah, he's like... He's is a Green Lantern in that side? Yes. A- Aqu- Aquaman is like number four on their depth chart. Oh. It's not great. The Flash. <laughs> the Green oh, Arrow. Oh, that's a snooze. Um, Yeah, and then Hanna-Barbera, the people who do the Scooby-Doo cartoons. Oh, my gosh. They're doing their own expanded universe now with all the Hanna-Barbera Yikes. characters. Yeah, but they're going to screw that up, and here's what they're going to do wrong. They're going to make them like weird 3D rendered animations, yes. and it's just going to be garbage. I won't see any of those. But I will see another one of the superhero uh, movies with is hmm. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Did you see yeah. his cameo? I thought that was really cute. Did he do that in all of them? Every single Every one movie. That's kind of uh, cute. I dig that. Uh, so I'm just going to throw this uh, out there, though, and again... I don't think this is a spoiler. They showed him in the preview. Uh, I have a hot take about Spider-Man as I throw my pen again. Oh, my uh, God. Was he not the cutest thing you've ever seen? He was great. He was adorable. Also, Marissa Tomei. Woo! Does not <laughs> age. She's on my list. She's she doesn't age, that woman. Aging in reverse. She's looking so good. good. She's good. She hits all the right points. Oh, There's something God, about yeah, Marissa Tomei is an all-time so... first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm. There's Marissa's... just something... <laughs> There's she's, just something there. She's flawless. She's, My cousin Vinny to now flawless. Somehow she looks too young to be Aunt May. I, she does. Even though she's probably old enough to be Grandma May. I love the way she's... Like, no, she's only like... You know what? Let's Google it. Keep talking. She's uh, yeah. certainly in her um, 50s. I'll give a hot oh. take. Though. I don't think there's ever been a great version of Spider-Man ever on any movie, They're any cartoon series. Fast. Because they always uh, get... Tobey Maguire was all right. Tobey Maguire was okay, but Tobey Maguire looked like he was 29. Do you know what I mean he looked too old to be playing? See, no, I didn't know Peter that. Parker. I didn't know that Peter Parker was supposed to be a young kid. He's supposed to be a kid. I didn't know that. He's in high school. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. She's, she's, fi- in... she's fifty-one. Boom. Uh, I guess not. So it's a little younger than I expected. She's, uh, she's still fantastic. No, I'm saying this was the first Spider-Man that actually seemed like a kid because they actually got a kid to play him. He's nineteen because I googled it. And uh, he was the highlight of the movie for me. Actually, like every scene he was in was great. Uh, so yeah, I like Captain when they call America. him Underoos. Was he in the, the the previews? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, he was in the previews. Yeah. Uh, they they spoiled that preview. I didn't realize he was. That was like the funniest scenes in the movies, or him and him yeah. and Tony Stark having a combo. Yep. That was a really good part for me. I liked it a lot. As a nerd, I never thought at any point in time in my life that a Captain America movie about him and Iron Man having a fight would be the biggest movie in America. And, like, everyone would definitively be into it. Like, it's very surreal to me as, like, as a defender of nerd culture. Like you said, though, you would pretty much ask anybody, like, oh, you know, did you see the movie? And people are going to say yes, or I'm going, or it's just one of those things everybody liked. You were right about that. All right, uh, we went 20 minutes on Captain America. I like 22. it. 22. Well, Jesus. it was a really exciting time for me. It's the biggest movie in America, guys. I don't understand it. Why is he going to wear that stupid little helmet thing? Who, Captain America? Yeah, what's that all about? He's protecting his face. It's protection. That's the He looks like a swimmer. If Captain America gets shot, he dies. He's just a regular dude, pretty much. So is that thing going to protect him from bullets? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't imagine. know that. Well, the so. shield. The shield also. Yeah, but what if he gets bullets. shot right in the face and he doesn't have the shield? There's that Tony's so dad created. That took me a minute to figure out, too. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that. A lot of that. Lot of that. Folks, send us your uh, mailbag questions for the all the upcoming all-mailbag episode, uticast.com. 
Uh, Aaron Higgins, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're very excited you'll be pouring at Saranac it's Thursday. It's always a treat. Like, you always kind of forget until nice Aaron's treat. here how much nicer it is to do the show with you as opposed to the other people filling in. Thank you. Better I really rhythm, appreciate that. Better rhythm, better energy, better jokes, better I'm everything. hoping that now that the school year is coming to a close, uh, meetings on Mondays, which is kind of like my bane of my existence, will come to a, a, a close and we will be back on a You regular. can always mark the beginning of summer with Aaron telling you I'm finally done with school, so now <laughs> I'm going to be around... Then Unless we'll see her in September. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, join us for the Maiden Utica Passport launch party on Saturday at Woodland Brewery uh, for Kevin Sullivan. Aaron Higgins, my name is Sam Famolaro. It Yay. has been a pleasure, it's as it always is. Kind of superhero time. You guys think the clapping's weird? Yeah. <laughs> That's super weird. There were like two guys over there that got shot